Okay, so who would like to introduce what? I did not like Barakamon, so I should not do that one. <laughs> well, I thought you were watching the anime. I'm surprised about like... it. I liked the anime. I did not like the manga. Oh, okay. Wow. Interesting. It's going to be complicated. I, I can do the linguistic one, uh, but I should not do the other one. <laughs> I can do Barakamon. I've read the most. How many did you read? Oh, I finished the series before this. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I'm surprised, Helen. I thought that you would like it. Well, I'm going to talk about it. Welcome back to Mongering Years. My name is Corey. Helen and April are with me. Hi, everybody. Hey, And uh, we're here again. Talk about old manga, talk about new manga. Um, this time we are talking about Barakamon and, um, my goodness, Hetero Genia Logistica, I think, is the. Linguistica. Linguistica. Okay. Okay. Look, it is a non English, non Japanese name. I was not prepared for this, <laughs> even though we decided on this three weeks ago. <laughs> um, but first, the old manga, Barakamon, we are, uh, Army Niggas, about, uh, Seishu Hanga, a 23 year old calligrapher who has dedicated his entire life to callig- calligraphy. Um, he is thanks to a small town in the Goto Islands as a sort of banishment, quote unquote, after he um, like headbucks a old uh, leader of the calligraphy society or something, right? Yeah, he was at um, an exhibition, and the other guy was like, "You write like a textbook," and he was like, "Fuck you!" Abandoned him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he moved to these islands to just kind of rediscover himself, uh, stop pegging people, etc., etc. It is also an island where his father went in his youth to kind of uh, discover his art. And on this island, he befriends, uh, well, basically everyone, but the main people, um, or the main child that he befriends is Naru, who is a six-year-old girl, first year. Uh, first year at the local elementary school, and she kind of distracts him in every way that you can think of. Um, and the entire manga from there is basically their uh, hijinks of what is Naru doing to Hanga Sensei today. Um, but what do you two think of this series? Um, so I have the complicated relationship with this, so April should go first. <laughs> Uh, I, for some reason, I thought I read a volume of this before, and I absolutely have not. Um, but I, I really loved it. I thought it was cute. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just the type of series that that feels good right now. I guess it's nice to see like everybody connect together and the the town come together. They go to the beach. Um, there's the. So I've only read two volumes. There's the hospital chapter. I just, I really enjoyed. It. I kind of thought that I wouldn't because some of the theories with like the really rambunctious child. I don't. The child gets on my nerves, and I kind of <laughs> thought that's the way this was gonna go. But it really 
didn't. I, I really enjoyed it. And so I'm hoping that it doesn't get spoiled in the, in the podcast because I really, really like There's just so many volumes, but I really, really like So now Helen is going to tell us what she feels <laughs> the complete opposite. <laughs> uh, my complicated feeling with it is that I saw the anime sometime in the last year, I think it was, and I had been kind of hesitant to start it since I thought it wasn't going to be something I would enjoy. But I actually did. It struck the right um, notes for me, and I really liked it. But then I tried out this manga version of it, and it was absolutely everything I feared it would be in the first place. <laughs> that for some reason it did feel like a much more kishi version of, oh, look at how quaint the, um, the country folk are. Look how silly everybody is and how laid back it is. Well, the anime just seemed to have a better balance of, I guess, just emotions that I liked. It was, you know, both funny and, you know, sweet. Um for some reason, um, Honda just looks a lot more like a Bishonen in this version, and that's just not right. Like, he is not supposed to be attractive, I think. Like, maybe this is just my own personal opinion, but he's supposed to just look kind of average. Um, and yeah, I, I was like, this is really strange, because if I'd read the manga first, there's no way I would have ever tried out the anime. <laughs> But I actually did enjoy the anime a lot, and I'm just very, very confused right now. This never <laughs> happens to me. <laughs> I think there is uh, something to be said about the anime having the voices as well, uh, particularly of the children who are actual children voicing them. So when you have like a seven or eight year old or whatever voicing Naru as a six year old, it uh, brings more charm to the page than is. Uh, or then you can really capture by just reading it, and like just reading it can maybe be a little annoying or kitschy, as you say. But um, watching the child be a child, uh, while you do not have to deal with the consequences of whatever the child does, uh, is I think much more enjoyable. And I did I did like the anime more than the manga as well. But like I liked the manga enough um, that I and the like general character story. Um, or next story, really. There's not much of a story, but like the general feel of uh, warmth from these characters that I wanted to continue with the manga. Um, yeah, since you've read the whole manga, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's only, well, I mean, I say it's only 18 volumes because, like, I've read a lot of Shonen Jump <laughs> things that are very long, but uh, 18 volumes is quite daunting for a manga that is not really about much. Uh, like, Honda grows in, in terms of being a person, even by the end of the anime. He is much kinder to, um, say, He's the He's no longer going to go around headbutting old men. <laughs> yeah, like, one of his... One of the big moments for him is, like, instead of headbutting him, he helps him sit down, because he understands that old people are old and need help with simple things, like sitting down sometimes. <laughs> um... So, like, that growth is nice, and then seeing, like, the other village people learning from Hanga, not just because he is this artistic calligrapher person, but also because he is just uh, older and has a few more life experiences, but, like, not really that many, because he's been pretty sheltered up to this point. Yeah, I just really cannot articulate why the anime worked for me and this didn't. Like, I do remember in the anime, I appreciated that Naru didn't seem like this perfect little angelic child or anything. Like, she definitely seemed like kind of a gremlin, but, like, some of my younger cousins were also just, like, absolute goblins at that age. <laughs> I remember one time, I was babysitting for a family, and their children went to the same school as my cousin did. They were all in elementary school, and I said who I was related to. And the kid just gave me this, oh, look, and I was thinking, okay, yeah, my cousin is definitely notorious at the school. I expect nothing less. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think the, for me, the 
the dialogue or the dialect rather in the in the monkey is a little hard to get into. I always wonder like if those are um, linguistically accurate when they do those or if they're just like a general approximation. It's a little hard to get into. After you've read it a little bit, it um you can yeah, kind of get into it. Like, like every non Tokyo accent ever in anime and manga just gets generalized as like generic southern or something. I don't even know if it's completely accurate. I don't I don't know. I don't know about that one. So I was curious about that as I read it if it was like actually accurate. But I guess you can you can get the gist. And it's funny because I haven't seen the anime, so I could definitely hear voices in my head because of the way that it was written and, and they're probably not they would be nowhere near accurate to what the anime actually is. <laughs> now I'm curious to watch an episode or two. Just yeah, I think that is also part of the charm, or at least for me, part of the charm in the anime is that you get to like you do see the subtitle translation where it kind of has the uh, southern affect in the way expelled and the way um, they are punctuating things, but you also get to hear them uh, have this kind of drawl uh, in their in their voice. Uh, I mean, having watched or maybe thousands of episodes of anime, you uh, don't really learn Japanese, but you pick up enough to notice when someone is speaking it slightly differently, mm. and they are uh, speaking it. I don't really remember what dialect it is, but it's, uh, for lack of a better word, hickish. I think, was it called Goto? Maybe I could be wrong. I feel like I remember that from them. But it's funny that that all gets kind of lumped together in like a Southern American accent. Whether or not that's accurate, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if there are. I mean, I'm sure there are Southern Americans that speak Japanese, but I wonder how they feel. <laughs> uh, but all right. Um, if you dig like Brackmon and you uh, feel like continuing, I think the 18th volume journey is good. Um, Honda goes oh, through a lot. Have you read the um, spinoff when it's like Honda in high school or something? Have you read that one, Corey? Yes, I did, and I did not really like that one. I remember being warned off the anime for that, and I figured that was just subject material. Yeah. Um, I don't remember why I liked that one. I think it was just, like, I don't really want to see this gig in high school. I want to see him learning how, like, we know he's going to still end up as a relatively terrible person because he headbucks the elderly in in the first <laughs> volume. So I don't really want to see him in high school. Um, I don't remember the specifics of why I didn't really like that, but... Uh, Dana Regal. Oh, but if you do want to like read all of the 18 volumes, um, and you liked the first couple volumes, I think it is worth it. Um, if you ever grow bored with it, you'll you'll know that you'll not want to continue. But there is like a whole arc for for Anga and him him uh, learning to be a better person on these uh, on these islands. But shall we take a short break, and we'll be back to talk about the linguistics manga, which I will just refer to it as that and not the other thing. Welcome back, y'all. Speaking of Southern accents, um, for our ongoing series, we have chosen another Yen Press title this time around, which is Heterogenea Linguistico, an introduction to interspecies linguistics. Uh, so 
the, the cover reminds me a little bit of Delicious in Dungeon, and in some ways they're similar. It's we've got a world of fantasy and monsters, but we're not going to focus on fighting them at all. Instead, we're going to be following this college-age linguistic student, essentially, as he travels through the underworld, documenting languages, studying cultures, etc. His mentor, a professor, was supposed to go, but he, like, broke a hip or something along those lines right before the series started. There's all kinds of elder abuse going on in this episode, too. (laughs) (laughs) And so now... um, um, Hakaba, the student, is traveling through the underworld for the course of a year. He's being guided by the professor's like half werewolf, half human daughter, um, um, Susuki, I think is how you'd say it. And he's just, you know, generally experiencing a lot of cultural shock. And it's not even just like blow your pants off, oh my god, culture shock. But you know, just trying to figure out, you know, I know some of the werewolf language, so why do they keep ignoring me in the village? Oh, part of their communication is by scent. Ah. Or apparently slimes can, like, form together into one bigger slime, and the bigger it is, the more intelligent it is. So if you have, like, a tiny slime, you can communicate with it a little bit, but if you have a big slime, you can communicate with it much better. And so it's sort of this general charming, laid-back adventure as he's going around. Ah. I got through the first volume and a half, just did not have enough time to finish up the second volume before recording. But what do you guys think? I think I generally liked it, although it's not quite as gripping as I hoped it would be. Yeah, I think I agree with you on this one. I liked it, but like the, um, I wasn't like super compelled to pick up the next volume. I thought it was cute, and I think the main character is supposed to sort of be our stand-in. But the main character himself, I don't feel like is very interesting. And I feel like I say that a lot on the podcast. <laughs> but I feel like he wasn't, so I couldn't completely get into it because most of, most of the first volume, it at least just like his observations of the world around him. And he's pretty uh, mundane. So, so I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was, um, I think my favorite part was um, when, when he gets lost in the city or he thinks he's lost, but it turns out that, that the creatures never considered that they lost him because they could still smell him. That I like that. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. Um, so there were definitely little parts like that, that I really enjoyed. Like as he learns to, communicate with the creatures or move his arms the right way or whatever. Uh, yeah, when he's lost, he runs into this minotaur, and then the minotaur shows up again in the second volume, where the minotaur and some of the lizard folks that Hakaba has been traveling with are all trying to go through like as many languages as they know to try and find one they can both <laughs> communicate in. <laughs> Which is sort of made for a funny... Um, just made for a bit of a funny gag there. I actually really loved this manga. Um... I didn't hate hey. it, Corey. I, it was good. I'm not saying that you do hate it. I'm just like, I think I liked it more than you do. Um, but I, uh, I agree that the main character is kind of just like a stand-in for, uh, for the reader, and like he doesn't seem to have much personality besides general curiosity about <laughs> linguistics. But um, that's what's really gripping to me is him learning about uh, these languages and figuring out, like, how do birds talk and then wearing himself up trying to uh, communicate with with a bird because it's a lot of movement and, like, moving your head is... and moving your arms in relation to your head is how you communicate with birds. Um, so that's just very tiring for him. But then there's also, like, he speaks werewolf, but he doesn't 
really speak old werewolf, which is a different language, which uh, is depending on the uh, tone or inflection yeah. if a word goes up or down at the end. Yeah, inflection. That's the word I was <laughs> I was looking for. Um, and they indicate that in the manga by like having an arrow that goes up or an arrow that goes down. Um, and I was I found that really interesting, just like trying to interpret what was being said before he was interpreting what was being said and i flipping i was flipping back and forth to like his uh description of when you do i think it's like when you do the up inflection it's something that you're going to do and when you do the down inflection it's something that you will not do right now i don't remember what it was but like it was a very interesting way to communicate with each other um and like I don't know, I just really liked reading about learning these languages. Yeah, I remember when he was talking in, like, the regular uh, modern-day werewolf. Um, I forget I forget which way it is. It's either they mostly speak on the, in, on the in-breath or the out-breath. I forget which, but it's hard for him to do, so he's just kind of perpetually speaking in a lisp. <laughs> <laughs> which was kind of funny. He's like, I understand this is incorrect, but as long as I'm being sincere, hopefully nobody's going to get offended by it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely trying to sell this to one of my friends who actually went to school for linguistics and everything. And I'm like, hey, you manga fan, you should read this. Definitely. Yeah, I took several linguistics classes in college. So I thought about that as I was reading this. Just the amount of like research work you would have to do if you encounter a language that's like never been documented before. And like how I, I guess you have to have that curious mindset, but also how frustrating that would be to just be thrown into a world where you know like absolutely nothing like i just remember the part where oh i can't remember what said maybe was it, was it when like the doctor the, first met up with the werewolves no i'm thinking of the part i think with the lizard people where they were like trying to communicate something but they just communicated like in colors and like swirls and he had no <laughs> idea what it i can't remember exactly what oh what yeah it was like the written version colors and then it turns out that like um the werewolves um don't have really good color visions so suzuki is like i don't know what's going on <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was there's like another uh Another part of the manga where they're lining up rocks uh, in relation to how long sticks are, because they don't really have a concept of numbers. Um, and like, of course, why would they? Why would they need to have a complex understanding of a numerical system when they're just like? I don't know. They trade in everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> but they're not like bartering in huge seems. Um I mean, they also herd animals um, to an extent, since they talk about you know how they have those giant earthworms and some of them are hunted as game and others mm, are kept, you know, true. in farms. And you need numbers for that, you know. Oh, I had three giant worms today and now I have five. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're working on it. Uh, but yeah, I liked all of these little moments of learning about language and uh, I found it just as delightful as like when the delicious injunction dude learns about eating different monsters. <laughs> <laughs> you might get more out of this regarding actual linguistics than you get out of Delicious and Dungeon when it comes to cooking. True. Oh, but yeah, I was going to say, this is in the uh, line of Delicious and Gungeon style um, style covers, as you mentioned, Kellen, but also, like, interspecies reviewer or whatever that terrible thing that you reviewed is also in that. <laughs> I don't think that one had a very similar cover or content. Like, Corey, you didn't read interspecies reviewers, did you? No, but doesn't it, like, have that... But doesn't they have that, like, red cover with some monsters coming out of a hallway? 
that is a very generic description. Of course, right? <laughs> this has nothing to do with the, with the we're going to visit every brothel we can, Mongo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take your all's word for it because I don't know either way. So. <laughs> this one where I opened up my co- my like bag of books from Just Interview, and I was like, oh, I've made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Not on heterogeneous logistico though. Lloyd, no, linguistico. No, that, 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 that one I knew what I was getting into, and yeah, th- this is a nice series. You could definitely read it in really short chunks, I think, since every page has its own title associated with it, kind mm-hmm. of like some web comics do, which is interesting. I'm not sure if it was released page by page or chapter by chapter, um, but a lot of the gags can be contained within one page. But it's not for coma or anything. The panels are set up like regular volume style. I don't know what you would have to call that layout. I guess the interspecies reviewer cover is a little different. <laughs> so do we have any final thoughts for this one then? Um, I guess we might just have a quick episode this time around. I liked this one. I just, I, I guess I'm not uh, as compelled to pick up the next volume as I was our, our series before this, but I did like this one. I, I think the concept is interesting and I wonder like if if the author knows a lot about linguistics or is interested in languages, I'm always like interested in what the author is interested in or like what, what brought them to write series that have like such different angles and other ones. I don't know. I just want to like, do they really like linguistics or blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's interesting. Sometimes I wish those are the things we could know. I mean, sometimes you get to find out since I know mm-hmm. like, the author of the Moribito novel series, I think, is an anthropologist by training, mm-hmm. which is why her cultures are actually feel like real cultures, not just like made up fantasy. You know, <laughs> I don't know how governments work. <laughs> I really like this manga. Um, I think just like Barakamon, it's kind of low on content in terms of uh, the difference differences in content uh, from chapter to chapter. Like it's just him learning about the languages of werewolves of. Um, of the lizard folk of like these snake people later on that communicate through tapping and uh, slamming their tails on a on a piece of wood, um, <laughs> and the minotaur who like we I guess we don't really know what their language is, um, but they speak enough old werewolf and werewolf to get by. Uh, yeah, I find it I found it very fascinating, and I am uh, looking forward to reading the next volume. I will definitely say that I think that Suzuki is the much better cute child of this episode than Naru. <laughs> That's fair. I don't rank my children, Helen. <laughs> and this Corey is why I will never be a parent. <laughs> I mean, among many reasons. Uh, well, with that, uh, Corey, can you take us out? Sure. Where can we find everybody on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Mongeorin. Um still alive, I say it every time we're on here. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Wandering Dreamer, and you can find me doing reviews over at the OASG. Uh, there will be a review of Heterogeneo Linguistica, Linguistico, at some point. Just um, I am behind my Yen Press reviews. Yen Press just puts out so much stuff, though, so that one is not going to be up by the time this podcast is. <laughs> be up in like maybe a month. <laughs> and you can also find me doing the OASG podcast over there, where recently we were started talking about all the new winter shows. You know, what's good, what's not. Hey, anime. Everybody should try out Skate the Infinity, but you can skip the other sports shows this season. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at K, and you can find this podcast on Twitter at Near Ears, and you can find all of our episodes over at TaikuPodcast.com. That is T-A-I-I-K-U. And uh, until next time. Bye, y'all. Bye, everybody.